Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Well, I told you the weather in Cleveland sucked, and yep, the last game of the first half of the season gets rained out. That is just, that is perfectly on brand with the 2022 Cleveland Guardians season, that the last game of the first half gets rained out. So, of course, there'll be another doubleheader in August. Just keep loading up the doubleheaders. Like, it really makes me wonder if the weather keeps going this way. Uh, are we going to get to the end of the season, like, short by four games, right? You know, are we going to get all these games in with all these rainouts if they keep coming? It's just one of those years in Cleveland. Well, uh, I kind of want, I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I just kind of wanted to wrap up the first half. I felt like I couldn't leave you hanging with the, with that game report on the Tigers game as being our last episode of the first half. So this is going to be a short episode with just some initial thoughts on the first half of the season. And then it was kind of on my radar, but I had no idea it was last night. The uh, the MLB draft kicked off last night. They did the first two rounds. The Guardians made three picks. So we're just going to talk about that briefly as well. All right. So the first half of the season. Man, 46 and 44 records. Second place in the American League Central. Uh, two games back in the American League Central. Two and a half games back in the wild card. It's just, uh, yeah, I honestly, if I told you we were two games over 500 and two games back in the division at the All-Star break at the beginning of the season, you probably would have took it. We're a plus five run differential. Uh, the Twins are at plus 28. The White Sox on our heels are at minus 14. They're three games back in the division at 500. And uh, they played two more games than us. The Twins have played four more games than us. We're actually tied in the loss column with the Minnesota Twins. So if I told you all this at the beginning of the season, yeah, you probably would have took it. You probably would have signed up for it knowing that, uh, you know, this roster had so many question marks going into the season. There were so many young guys being given opportunities. And, uh... It's Yeah, it's been an interesting first half so far. They've been better at home than they've been on the road. 25 and 19 at home, 21 and 25 on the road. Uh, let's see what else here. They've been getting their butts kicked by the AL East. 6 and 10 versus the AL East. 23 and 19 against the Central. And 9 and 8 against the AL West. Interleague play, they are 8 and 7. And they've been doing better against righty, uh, lefties than righties. Uh, they're 31 and 32 versus righties, 15 and 12 versus lefties. So that's a little bit of the extended uh, standings there. Honestly, it is it is something at the beginning of the season that I would have signed up for. As long as you're in the conversation in that American League Central division, uh, they're in the conversation right now when it comes to playoff teams. They are. They are. They can be buyers at the trade deadline. And a lot of you have been emailing in and asking me my thoughts about the trade deadline. By the way, uh, thank you to Ken, thank you to Rick, and thank you to Chris, who have already emailed in. I'm going to save those emails for our post-All-Star Game episode, you guys. So thank you for emailing in. Morning, people. If you want to get your thoughts in on the draft on the first half of the season, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. They've already asked me a lot of questions about the trade deadline and what I think is going to happen at the trade deadline. Uh, But if you have thoughts on the first half, if you have thoughts on the draft, uh, go ahead, hit up the email address, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Frankly, I think in the position they're in, they got to be buyers at the deadline. 
I mean, if you have a chance to win the division, you've you got to at least make an attempt for it, right? There are a few things this team could definitely do to be aggressive in the division and go try to win this American League Central. Uh, that would be a fun season. It would be fun to bounce back and win the American League Central this year. So uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll get into the details of what they could be trading for, where. But I tell you right now, it's probably catcher. It's probably relief pitcher. Uh, they definitely need some help there. And maybe even starting pitching. So you can never have enough pitching. But we'll get into the details and some of the rumors and things like that and guys that might be out there. Uh, initial thoughts uh, on the offense. Uh, just looking at the offensive stats, uh, the offensive rankings, it's not, it, it slipped off a little bit, right? Earlier in the season, it was a little bit better. Um, right now, they're struggling a little bit at the plate. For team OPS, they come in 16th in baseball, so that's not very impressive. Uh, middle of the pack, obviously. For batting average, they're surprising a little higher. They're ninth in baseball still in batting average. And uh, shockingly, they are, by a wide margin, the lowest team when it comes to strikeouts. I mean, by 40 strikeouts, they've got the Washington Nationals. So, yeah, a contact team putting the ball in play. They're down there in the 20s and walks. Uh, yeah, they are a contact team. Uh, so it's an interesting mix for the Cleveland Guardians offensively. It's not something we've seen in the past. Um Scoring runs, again, middle of the pack, 17th and runs scored. So it has kind of been a middle-of-the-road middle offense. However, there's some guys that are obviously shining. I mean, Andres Jimenez and uh, Jose Ramirez are absolutely phenomenal uh, going to the All-Star game. But there's a lot of guys that have OPS pluses over 100, where OPS plus sets the league average to 100. You want to be over that number. Naylor is at 136. Jimenez, 139. Ahmed Rosario is at 109. He's got a really good batting average at 291. Jose Ramirez is at 167. And Stephen Kwan over at 109. Oscar Gonzalez was at 113 before he got hurt. Obviously, a small sample size there, 32 games played. Uh, and then, again, small sample size, Nolan Jones, uh, only 10 games played, but he's at a 180 OPS+. plus. So those are your Guardians hitters. Owen Miller is just under at 97. So there's your Guardians hitters over 100 OPS+. plus. That's good. That is really good to have that many hitters there. And Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez have to be kind of the bright spot in this lineup, right? Both of them hitting over 290. Uh, both of them have over 300 on base percentage, over 400 slugging. Uh, Andres Jimenez has an 835 OPS+. Ahmed Rosario comes in at 7.30. He doesn't slug as much as uh, Jimenez does. I mean, he's not really a power hitter. But he has had some extra base hits on the season. And a 291 batting average. That batting average has just climbed and climbed and climbed all season. Uh, I mean, it's amazing what you got in the Francisco Lindor trade. It's amazing that both these guys have actually produced at the major league level. I mean... In ways, in ways, they're still having a better season than Francisco Lindor. Now, Lindor's got them in runs and RBIs and extra base hits, right? He's got 16 home runs, but he's only hitting a 248 batting average. He's got a 756 OPS and a 114 OPS plus. So, yeah, Ahmed Rosario is just slightly below him in production, and Andres Jimenez is kicking his butt as far as production goes. 
Yes, he has the more home. Some of the counting numbers look better on Lindor, but some of the other metrics look better on Jimenez. And I'm sorry, these guys will always be linked together. Rosario and Jimenez and Lindor will always be linked together because that trade was such a monumental uh, seismic shift for Cleveland, right? They're, they're all-star player, their star player being forced to trade them and the guys you got back. They're always going to be a link there. And then the rookies. I mean, the rookies have been outstanding. Quan has been outstanding as advertised, maybe even better than advertised. Probably blows away some of the people that follow the minor leagues really closely and know these guys coming up. Quan has definitely blown away expectations and become a fantastic, we talked about this yesterday, one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball. Uh, and then the other rookies. Uh, Gonzalez was impressive in his few days here, although he did cool off. Nolan Jones, the same thing. Hot start. Maybe cooled off in his last few at-bats, but uh, has been an impressive start. Even Palacios has been a little bit impressive. I mean, uh, it's only an 81 OPS+. plus. Uh, but he's a contact guy, get on base kind of guy, use his speed kind of guy. Although he has, he only has one stolen base, so not really you know blazing a trail on the base paths yet. But Palacios has been impressive. Uh, both Palacios and Oscar Gonzalez definitely have to work on their defense, especially going back on the ball. Jones has actually been solid in right field. He says, "I'm still learning the outfield. I've been an infielder all my life," but. I think he's actually been impressive in right field, and Quan has just been fantastic. I mean, he has possibly the catch of the season in Colorado. So the rookies have really been performing. I mean, it really has been impressive what they've been able to do in the chance they've gotten here. Um, there have been some veterans that have absolutely sucked. The catching position has sucked. Straw has been a huge disappointment in center field, although now in the nine hole, he may be turning things around. But it's, he's been a big disappointment uh, offensively for what you thought you were signing up for. So, I mean, I could go in through the entire roster here and hammer some of these guys, but I'm not going to do that. For me, Reyes has been has been a big disappointment, right? This guy should be up near the team lead in home runs, and he's nowhere close. At, I mean, he's only got 16 extra base hits, 8 doubles, and 8 home runs. That's not good enough from the big slugger. Not even close to good enough. Uh, dealt with some injuries, but yeah, a lot of people ask me, some of your emails have asked me specifically about Fermil Reyes, so we will get into that after the All-Star break. So overall, the offense, man, there's some guys that have just really popped. There's days when these guys look just absolutely unstoppable, and then there's days where they look like classic Guardians teams, classic Cleveland teams of the past few years, where, you know, remember this team last year, Got no hit a bunch of times. An embarrassing amount of times this team got no hit. Now, they haven't done that this year. But there's still days where you're like, where is it offensively? And then there's days where they put up double-digit runs. So it's been a roller coaster ride offensively, I've got to say. And then on the pitching side of things, so they have an ERA plus, right? Where, again, league average is set to 100. You've got Bieber, uh, Tristan McKenzie, and Cal Quantrill are your three starters that are over 100 ERA+. plus, So above league average. Bieber at 119. McKenzie leading the way at 120. And Cant- Quantrill at 102. Please act just under that at 96. Um, and then as far as relievers go, same thing. I mean, Emmanuel Classe at 275 ERA+. plus. Eli Morgan at a 137. Trevor Steffen at a 138. De Los Santos at a 125. 
and Sandlin at a 128. So those are your, even though Sandlin has struggled with his command, uh, there are some good metrics for him. So those are your guys over 100 ERA plus, above league average on ERA plus as far as the pitchers go. And there are some real pleasant surprises in there. Like Bieber is still pitching at kind of an ace level, uh, even though he doesn't really have that fastball, right? He's still got a 2.73 FIP because he isn't giving up home runs. His home runs per nine is at 0.6. Now, surprisingly, no starter has a strikeout per nine over 10. Uh, Bieber's in the lead at 9.0, and then Tristan McKenzie's right behind him at 8.5. And Bieber is leading all the starters in strikeouts at 106. McKenzie next at 96. So it's not really been the big strikeout machine we've seen in years past. Remember those those Kluber Savali years? You know, they were trying to strike out as many guys as humanly possible. They're not quite getting that this year. Uh, McKenzie, surprisingly, is your leader in starters when it comes to ERA and whip. He's got a whip under one, a 0.977 whip. That's fantastic for McKenzie, a 320 ERA. So I think Bieber, McKenzie, and Quantrill have definitely delivered as far as starting goes. I'm surprised, please, and Savali, it's been that rough. It has been that rough with those two on the mound. Plesek has moments. Savali has moments. But I really expected more. For, I expected those guys to continue to grow after how well they started their careers. And it's really seemed like they've kind of hit brick walls in their careers. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll get into more details here. Obviously, Classe and Eli Morgan have been fantastic in the bullpen. Morgan had that one tough stretch against Minnesota, but has really bounced back. He's got the strikeouts per nine over 10. He's at 10.9. His strikeout to walk ratio is 8.33. I mean, Eli Morgan really has been a treasure out of the bullpen. What a find uh, in the bullpen this year. Who knew he was going to be able to do this as the setup man? And then Trevor Steffen has really stepped up. Really, I mean, still a young guy. These guys are both 26. Eli Morgan and Steffen are both 26 years old. You got Class A is 24. Hench is 25. De Los Santos, 26 years old. Nick Sandlin, 25. It's a young bullpen. There's still a lot of growth. Uh, some prime years coming from this bullpen. So I got to say, these guys have actually impressed me. De Los Santos has been really good. We knew he had good strikeout numbers. And it seems like working with the Cleveland pitching staff, he's probably having the best year of his career. Sandlin has struggled with his command, but you have to admit, has been good since he's been back. Has been good since he's been back. And yeah, I think the bullpen has really impressed. So the pitching has been, a, the starting pitching has been a little bit underwhelming. The bullpen actually has impressed a little bit, a little bit. Every bullpen's going to have its moments. Every bullpen guy's going to have his week that you're like, where did it go? But they have overall, for the most part, been impressive, except for Brian Shaw. Not so impressive. All right, we, we definitely have to add to the bullpen, though. If you want to compete for this division, the bullpen is definitely a spot. You need another real weapon out there, someone you really count on, because that sets everybody up for middle relief roles where the pressure is off a little bit, and they can continue to do the things they're doing in middle relief roles instead of setup roles You know, at the end of the game. I think that would make the bullpen an absolute weapon. Uh, so, yeah, so those are my thoughts. Overall, I mean... The offense has been a roller coaster ride, but I got to say, I actually have been impressed. I mean, Valeka has made a difference. We were wondering if the hitting coach was going to make a difference. You have to admit, Valeka has absolutely made a difference. 
This offense is different. Their offensive approach is different than we've seen in years past. So I'm going to say, I mean, thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm not even going to give it a letter grade. I'm giving a thumbs up to the offense. They have impressed this year uh, with this new approach, this contact approach, this get on base approach. Uh, as far as pitching goes, starters, I'm going to give them a thumbs down. If I just have to, in a black and white world where I have to pick one or the other, I'm going to give the starters a thumbs down. I would like a little bit more from the starting pitching. Uh, they've, yeah, they've had a few good starts trick, you know, sprinkled in there, but they haven't been as dominant as we thought this starting staff was going to be. We thought it was going to be one of the real strengths of this team. They were going to live and die by their starting pitching. And it hasn't really worked out that way. Uh, and then the bullpen, I'm giving a big thumbs up to. There, there are some guys here that have been, you know, pretty crappy. But there have been some real, real gems in this bullpen. There have been guys that have found themselves in this bullpen. So I'm giving a thumbs up to the bullpen, even though I think it's an area where they can definitely add, where they have to add. Uh, but I would give it a thumbs up so far on the first half. So quick thoughts on the first half. We can go into more detail on some of these things. After the All-Star game, uh, we could do a deeper dive into this when I have time to sit down, crunch them, and pull out some numbers that have impressed me and some numbers that have worried me. Like We'll really get into some of the advanced metrics uh, on this team. And uh, that leaves us with the draft, the draft news. So uh, the Guardians uh, had three picks yesterday in the first two rounds. They had a compensatory pick in the middle of the first and second round. So with the first pick, this is just what I've gathered from Twitter and uh, just seeing some of the people that are experts on the draft and their reactions to these picks. I am not an MLB draft person. I, I can't. It's too much of a crapshoot. It is to get that invested in these draft picks. Like, I'm excited. Our number one pick, number 16 overall, Chase DeLauder out of JMU. He's a big left-handed power hitter. Uh, contact hitter, average hitter. He's speedy in the outfield, center fielder. He's got an arm out there in the outfield. People think he could stick in center fielder. I heard someone say his ceiling was Christian Yelich and the good Christian Yelich. Um, so this is a huge get for the Guardians. Apparently, this guy crushed the Cape Cod League, was the best player in the Cape Cod League, which is you know a premium, premium prospect uh, summer league. And... Uh, yeah, people are really excited about him. Now, I also saw someone say his floor is Bradley Zimmer because this is the kind of guy you thought you had in Bradley Zimmer, which that, ooh, that comment hurts. But for the most part, I mean, some people were tweeting out they had this guy as the best player on their board or top three on their draft board, how he slipped to 16. Uh, yeah, so you know, maybe there are some mechanics in his swing that need to be worked out. But from all reports, this guy absolutely mashes. He's a big left-handed hitter. And, I mean, potential star. I mean, absolute potential superstar in the outfield for the Cleveland Guardians. So that's really exciting with the number one pick in the draft, Chase DeLautner. So keep your eye on this guy. Um, with the next pick, with that compensatory pick, pick 37 overall, they took Justin Campbell, a huge right-handed pitcher, out of Oklahoma State. I think I saw this guy was like 6'7 or something like that. Uh, just an absolute beast uh, right-handed pitcher. People seem very high on him. Uh, could really get the velocity up there. Um, 
Yeah, he uh, he pitched a no header against uh, was that Kansas or Kentucky? KU in twenty one. He was the seventh most strikeouts in the NCAA in 2022. These are things I'm seeing from the Guardians Insider Twitter account. Uh, so, yeah, so apparently a really good pitcher, and people love the fit in Cleveland. And then they went and got another pitcher with their second-round pick, a left-handed pitcher, Parker Messick, out of Florida State University. So apparently people are high on him. He's got uh, a good changeup, apparently. So these things are a total crapshoot. Like, these guys go into the system now, to get so wrapped up in the in the baseball draft, like the reason they tried, it's on ESPN this year, right? They aired it on ESPN. So the MLB draft is finally getting some respect on the national stage. But it's such a crapshoot. You're not going to see these guys for so long. Do you even remember who we took in the first and second rounds last year? Uh, I remember, I mean, I remember some of the names over the last few years, right? Doug Nikhazy, Gavin Williams are some of the names. It feels like we went really pitcher heavy last year. Um, but these guys have a ton of growth. I mean, they're going to go through a ton of hurdles, ups and downs. They're going to pitch in rookie ball leagues and, you know, errors in, uh, who knows if they're going to pitch in already for the Lake County captains. Are they going to jump right to that level? Some of these guys, uh, it's, so it's going to be three, four, five years before you're even sniffing these names on the major league roster. So from all reports, from everything I'm hearing on Twitter, People are excited about the Cleveland Guardians draft. They really think uh, they've made some good picks here. Uh, the hitter, I mean, people, some of them, like I said, had thought he was one of the best players in the draft, and you got him at 16. So that's exciting. Anytime you can get a guy like that uh, in the middle of the first round, uh, you got to be excited about the potential there. And then the pitchers both seem to have weapons. And you know into the Cleveland pitching factory they go. And that is just, for any pitcher right now, you have to be, I mean, absolutely popping the champagne bottles if you get picked by Cleveland, right? For any pitcher in this draft, getting picked by Cleveland has to be just, I mean, a blessing, knowing that you're going into this pitching factory, you're going to get the instruction, you're going to get the analytics that Cleveland has to offer its pitchers. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think both of these guys are really good draft picks. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll come back in four and five years, and we'll discuss this draft, right? And we'll see how these guys uh, work out, where they end up getting slotted in the prospect rankings, right? Do they, if they redo the top thirty prospects, do these guys end up on the list for Cleveland? Are they that good? We'll see. We'll see how this all shakes out. But it was an exciting night for some young players, and apparently Cleveland made. Some really good picks in the draft. All right, that's all my thoughts this morning. I didn't want to leave you hanging after the rain out because I am excited about the first half of the season. I am encouraged by the first half of the season. There's a lot of good things as fans we can sink our teeth into, right? The rookies, the way they've performed, uh, the outfield rookies, right? Uh, we haven't seen many of the infield rookies yet. Um the pitching, right? The pitching, there have been, there are some bright spots. There are. McKenzie has absolutely been a bright spot, especially in those last few starts. My God, Class A, obviously an all-star. Eli Morgan, what did you find there? So there have been some bright spots pitching. There have also been some huge, huge problems on this team. So we will continue to analyze the first half of the season. I'm going to give you some more detailed answers. I'm going to answer your email questions. Uh, and we have some, I mean, home run derby and all-star game stuff that we're going to talk about. We got to see how the city of Cleveland, you know, how our players represent at the all-star break. 
is Jose Ramirez going to be up there with Jim Tomey uh, as far as home run derby moments? We have former All-Star Game MVPs you know, in this clubhouse in Sandy LMR Jr. and Shane Bieber. So will Andres Jimenez and Jose Ramirez have a chance to add some hardware there? I mean, we do have a legacy of All-Star Game MVPs. So Andres Jimenez is going to do it with the starters. Jose Ramirez will come in with the reserves. So both of them at the beginning and the end of the game have a chance to make an impact. So we'll see. We'll see. I know I know, All-Star Game MVP is not the make-or-break moment of the season, but it is fun that we have two of them in our clubhouse. And who knows? Maybe another one. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So... Oh boy, thanks for your emails. We are definitely going to dive into all that. Trade deadline conversations, where they can add, where they can subtract. I got a lot of research to do over the next few days. Expect that episode to probably land right before the second half of the season kicks off. I'm going to take a few days off. It actually works out because I've got some early mornings at work. So perfect timing, All-Star break. Uh, Enjoy the All-Star game. Enjoy the home run derby. Don't worry about it affecting Jose Ramirez's swing. Enjoy the home run derby. Enjoy all the festivities. That's all my thoughts on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Thanks for joining me. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. I did those out of order from what you're used to hearing. You can also go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings and leave a voicemail for the show. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.